Pastor Xavier Reese with a comforting reminder about God's omniscience. He does not lead me year by year, nor even day by day, but step by step, my path unfolds. My Lord directs my way. Tomorrow's plans I do not know, I only know this minute. But He will say, this is the way, by faith now walk in it. That's how He leads us. The moment of time will be just right. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I to do? Although we may not have the answer to all of these questions, Pastor Xavier says that the Christian is assured that God is truly all-knowing and that He has our path already laid out for us. Today, as he continues his new series from the book of Deuteronomy, we join him as he concludes the message titled, The Journey from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Two words to remember as you go through Deuteronomy. One is remember. The other one, obey. Remember and obey. Moses points out to them that their journey from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea was accompanied by three things. One, we're going to take them backwards. Verse 7 and 8. God's promises regarding the journey. Secondly, God's preparation for the journey, verse 6. And then thirdly, you have God's timing of the journey, verses 1 through 5. The journey was first accompanied by God's promises regarding the journey. Notice first that the journey was to go to a specific place, verse 7 tells us. The mountains of the Amorites to the south to the Red Sea. Now remember that the Amorites were those inhabitants of the land, just one of many. And you remember when God came to Abraham and he told him that he was going to give him a land, but first he was going to put his people in a 400-year bondage in Egypt and then deliver them? Why did he say that he had to put them in there for 400 years, 430 years? He says, because the abomination of the Amorites was not fully come, Genesis 15, 16. What does the abomination of the Amorites mean? It means that God, some way, somehow, at some time, communicated to the Amorites of the land that what they were doing was wrong and asked them to repent. And God gave them a set amount of time for their abomination to be full before judgment would fall. Did not God give 120 years to Noah for the world? 400 some years to the Amorites? You see, God always warns before he brings judgment. Now the time has come. Now God was going to use the children of Israel to bring judgment on those who had not repented. Notice secondly in verse 8 that the journey was in order to possess the land. It wasn't simply just to take a trip. God said he had set the land before them. Notice that. He had set the land before them. The land was chosen by God for them. You see, the walled cities would not present a problem to them. Even as Jericho, they just marched around and yelled and the walls came tumbling down. The giants of the land would not be a threat to them even as God had allowed Esau to destroy the giants of the land in chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. 
Now, if God did that for Esau, how much more for his children? It was a given. If he brought you this far and he's led you this far, will he not go before you? God has saved you, God has saved me. Will he not continue to fight on your behalf and to resort to the necessary things for your life and mine? What a parallel, huh? You see, we're not that different from these people. Now notice, secondly, not only the promises accompany the journey, but in verse 6 it says God's preparation for the journey accompany the journey. Notice first the journey was preceded by a great deliverance. God delivered them from Egypt with a mighty hand the night of the Passover and with great reward, Exodus 12, 36-37. God destroyed the Egyptian army in the Red Sea after the Israelis had crossed on dry ground, Exodus 14, 27, 28. What a great deliverance. Would that encourage you to follow God? It would me. But secondly, the journey was preceded by one year at Sinai, right here in verse 6. He tells them, you've been in this mountain long enough. There's a subtle intuition here of comfort. We're people that don't like to move on. We're people that don't like change. Some of you are sitting in the very same place you sit every Sunday. You guys will get in your car and you will go home the very same exact way. You could close your eyes and you could drive home. He says, you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Some of you have been in the same spot for way too long on different areas of your life. And you need to move on. Forwards, not backwards. Notice thirdly that the journey was preceded by complete guidance. God had led them with a cloud by the day, Exodus 40, 38. And God had led them by a pillar of fire by night, Exodus 40, 38 also. In the day to shade them from the sun and so that it's visible, they, didn't, they never knew. They never knew where they were going. They'd never been down that way. And then a pillar of fire to give them warmth, to give them light. They were not without guidance. And then he tells them here in chapter 1 of Deuteronomy, verse 31 and 32, that God carried them through the wilderness and he went ahead of them to provide the best place for encampment. Listen to what he says. And in the wilderness where you saw how... The, the Lord your God carried you as a man carries a son in all the way with you went until you came to this place. Yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out the place for you to pitch your tents to show you the way that you should go in the fire by night and the cloud by day. Let me suggest to you that there has never been a place which you and I will arrive which God first has not been there to prepare your way. God has prepared you and myself for the difficult times ahead. Will we make preparations and use of them? Or will we just lean to our own understanding? But God also has prepared each of us for our journey since our deliverance. Deliverance is good. It's a start. But we must go on. We have heard the voice of God in the person of Jesus Christ, every one of us, when we were born again, when we accepted him. And we made that turn. We made that decision. We heard his voice. We have experienced God's grace and mercy daily since then, every one of us. 
We have been given his word as a standard for our lives to transform our minds. He doesn't like the way we think. He wants us to think like him. To reprove us, to rebuke us, to exhort us, to obey by us. Secondly, God has given us each his Holy Spirit to illuminate our minds, to illuminate his word, to convict us of sin, to empower us for service, to mold and shape us into his image. But then thirdly, he has given to us the privilege of prayer to align ourselves with the will of God, to tap into the things of God, not simply to get things from God, to intercede for others. Lord, I bring Mary before you. Help her in her need. Lord, soften her heart. Lord, meet her need to get direction and guidance for my own life, to praise him and to thank him. Do you realize that these three are the same weapons that Jesus used to defeat Satan in the wilderness? At his baptism, he was praying. Before he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And then he was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, and he used the Word of God. It is written three times, and he quoted the book of Deuteronomy all three times. The Word, prayer, and the Holy Spirit. Your weapons, my weapons. God's preparation for the journey through life are sufficient. You and I lack nothing for the journey. Do you understand that completely? I lack nothing. But then notice thirdly, God's timing of the journey. Very key. You find that in verses 1 through 5. The first three verses are the ones that we'll focus on. Notice first that the journey had brought them to the land of Moab, verse 1. They had no idea what Moab was. They didn't know how to get there. God had been responsible to get them there. Very important. God's timing. But God is always on time. Notice secondly in verse 2 that the journey was an 11-day journey. The journey was not a hardship on them, only 11 days. The journey was only about 165 miles. The journey would require them to travel only 15 miles a day. But then notice, thirdly, in verse 3, the journey took 40 years. Now you say, wait a minute, the journey was 11 days and now they're here for the second time, and it took them 40 years? The natural question is, what happened? The time was drawn out from 11 days to 40 years, 1,327 times longer than the necessary time. What a picture of so many Christians. God says, I have a journey for you. should be over in a week. It's been 10 years. You're still there. The time was lost time. Lost time. You don't get it back. The time was spent going nowhere. 
nowhere. Eleven days turned to forty years because of unbelief and disobedience. Could they fault God? No, he brought them out with great deliverance. He had made all the preparations. Notice, fourthly, the journey was postponed due to unbelief. They failed to believe God at his word and to go into the possess the land, and so they sent out spies into the land. Deuteronomy chapter 1 here, verse 20 through 22 tells us that. And Moses goes on to say, you know, um, you've come to this mountain and the Amorites, and then verse 21, look to the Lord your God. He sent out the land before you. Go and possess it. And not to fear, in verse 22, every one of you came near me and said, let us send men out before us and let them search out the land for us. And he goes on, and Moses even agreed with it. Moses was wrong. They fail to believe the good report also of Joshua and Caleb, but rather the evil report of the other ten in Deuteronomy 25 and 26. First, they failed to believe God. God had already considered all the obstacles, and he says, hey, you can do it, because I'm going and doing it. Then they failed to believe the report of the 12 spies. They failed to honor God, Deuteronomy 26 to 28 says. You see, it says there they rebelled against the command of the Lord in verse 26, the latter portion. They murmured in their tents that the Lord hated them and therefore he had brought them out of the land of Egypt to deliver them into the hand of the Amorites to destroy them, verse 27. They're slandering God, they're charging God. And they used the excuse that their brethren had discouraged their heart when they heard the fortified cities and the giants in the land, verse 28. You see, it's never my fault. It's always God. And other people discourage me. But it's never my fault. What an interesting philosophy. Isn't that the philosophy under which our whole society is under today? No one's responsible for anything. It's always somebody else's fault. Your mom, your dad, your brother, your teacher, you know, your dog, anybody. Notice fifthly in verse, in these verses here, that the journey's time claimed many lives. The journey claimed many lives. The Lord heard the sound of their words and was angry. Verse 34 of chapter 1. The Lord swore by an oath that not one of them would enter the land except for Joshua and Caleb. Verse 34 through 38 of chapter 1. The Lord declared that the children of Israel uh, who said that their concern was for their children, that they would die in the land, he says the ones you're concerned about, they're the ones that are going to inherit the land. Chapter 1, verse 39. We always use others as our excuse, right? God sees through all that. The Lord condemned them to death in the wilderness. Chapter 1, verse 40. From 20 years all on upwards. The Lord warned them of their insincere repentance not to presume upon going up to the land. In Deuteronomy 41 through 44. They said, oh, we have sinned. They're in verse 41. And we will go up. And God told Moses, tell them not to go up. I'm not with them. I am not with them. Not to presume. Verse 42, I am not among you. Verse 43, and be presumptuous. And they went up to the mountain. And so what happened? 
the Lord would not listen to them, and they returned after the defeat, and they remained in Kadesh Barnea for many days, verse 45 and 46. You see, the Lord kept his word. Not one survived in the wilderness except for the two that he had named, Joshua and Caleb. Deuteronomy 2.14. You know, there comes a time when God is dealing with us over and over again, and then he draws a line, and he says, you know what? It's over. The opportunity is over. Do you know what a window time is? A time of opportunity that is there only for a short time. Once it is gone, you never ever get it back again. Their window time had closed. Whenever God draws a line to your life and mine in a particular area, whatever it may be, it isn't because he cannot bear no more because that would put a limitation on God's patience. It's the proclamation that he will not bear no more. You understand the difference? He says, this is it. And that window time will be closed. And we'll be left to ourselves. And there's a price to pay. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his people. He's not talking to the non-believer people. He's talking to the believer. Very, very important. Listen to this poem. He does not lead me year by year, nor even day by day, but step by step my path unfolds. My Lord directs my way. Tomorrow's plans I do not know. I only know this minute. But he will say, this is the way. By faith now walk in it. I am glad that it is so. Today's enough to bear. And when tomorrow comes, his grace shall far exceed its care. What need to worry then or fret? The God who gave his son holds all my moments in his hand and gives them one by one. That's how he leads us in his timing. But when God says, I want you to do this, he expects obedience. When God allows a crisis in your life to come, then he says, here's the resources. Use them. You see, everything's right on time. There is no excuses in the Christian life. Just a lot of accountability. God's timing for each of our journey through life is to bring us to certain situations of life within a certain time. The moment of time will be just right. Don't say, oh, why now? Accept it. Don't say, why me? Say, me, Lord? <laughs> the measure of maturity is sufficient for the time. He knows you're ready. But he also knows you might not be willing. So he'll be there to make you willing to obey but he will never force you to obey. The willingness to believe God is either obeyed or denied. No other choice. A compromise is a denial. Half obedience is a denial. 
There's only two results, obedience or disobedience. The failure to trust God results in lost opportunity that will never come again, ever. We fail. And when we fail, tragically, we mar other people, we scar other people. And if we would have taken hold of that time and the resource of God, we would not have said and done what we did, and those people would not have had those scars. But because I fail to resort to God, I have hurt, damaged, scarred, destroyed. We should have never been. God's timing of testing that should be over in one week or month of our journey is turned to years or a lifetime due to unbelief and rebellion against the Lord by not walking in the Spirit by faith. The refusal to forgive by opening my heart up to the love of God robs me of joy, peace, and fellowship with God and the person or people. But I want to. I have all the excuses, all the reasons. The refusal to reckon the old man dead daily results in a life of carnality that grieves the Lord and hurts people. The refusal to deal and resolve the disappointments of my life in a manner worthy of the Lord towards my mate, my children, or family, or friends by appropriating the promises of God in a loving and scriptural way causes us to go around in circles in our minds living in an angry and bitter state. Frustrated. God's perfect timing will result in giving us life, but our refusal to accept God's timing and preparation will result in destruction and loss of life, literally, at times, loss of life. You see, the time of warning to stop and to turn from a sinful practice can be ignored too long, and the consequence will not be removed but must be lived with. There comes a time as Christians. The perfect time to reconcile a marriage can be lost because of pride, because of bitterness, because of vengeance. The opportune time of life can be missed, and once they are gone, they will never, ever come again. Mommies, if at all possible, stay home with your children. Let go of the second car. Live with three dresses rather than ten. Your children are there only for a short, short time. Do what you can. God's timing of the journey through life is perfect. What an amazing similarity we have to these people, huh? What a teaching from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. So Moses has pointed out that the journey from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea was accompanied by three things. God's promises regarding the journey, they are very clear. Do you know the promises of God? God's preparation for the journey, they are sufficient. No excuses. God's timing of the journey is perfect, right on time. May God give us grace and wisdom to understand these lessons and apply them to our life. Lest we, 
spend the rest of our lives in the wilderness. Promises, preparation, and timing. Pastor Xavier Reese says it's on these three things we can rest in God. And you can request a copy of today's thought-provoking study called The Journey from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. Of course, it's available for just $4 on CD. And this message also contains what Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is The Journey from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you contact us. Do you want to find your calling in life? Join Pastor Xavier Reese as he shares the simple secret to finding God's will for your life. That's right here on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com